DJ PK and Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, joining us right now. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Steve, good morning. Good morning, guys. Steve, the Jazz have been beaten, and Utah, the great state of Utah, is not happy about it. People are in a bitter mood. <laughs> Do you have anything wise to say to them? Well, uh, I would say this, that uh, it, it was obvious that, like a lot of teams, uh, you know, this time of the year, guys are hurt. And despite the fact that Donovan Mitchell still put up numbers, uh, he, uh, he, he wasn't himself. Obviously, Connolly's not playing. And I think that, uh, you know, when, when it's, it's a team that has such great chemistry all year long. And uh, the depth, you, you take away that kind of depth and you get on the road and then you play a team who makes some adjustments. And, uh, and, and it was difficult. You know, it's one thing to prepare for a team, but uh, once the Clippers began playing differently and with a different lineup and going small and doing some of those things, there were just some adjustments they really had a hard time getting used to, and especially, as we'll probably talk about, uh, Gobert wasn't nearly as effective when they went small because he had to get away from the rim. He, were, he couldn't protect the rim. He was in a position that uh, I'm sure other teams have done, And uh, but when the heart and soul of your team is playing on one leg and, and Conley wasn't near to be himself, uh, and, and then a very special effort by the Clippers, it all adds up to an upset, and it really wasn't. You know, if everybody's healthy, I mean, the Clippers are pretty good. They kind of underachieved a lot of the year, didn't play to their capabilities, and they lose their best player and find a gear that they never had all year long. So who, who knows why these things happen? But I can understand the depression and, the, and uh, the difficulty of the moment when the Jazz just had an incredible year, and it all comes to a screeching halt. And I mean, in my wildest thoughts and dreams, I would have never thought that the Jazz could ever lose four games in a row, and when two of them being at home, I mean, you just don't expect that to happen, and that therein lies uh, the uh, emotional wreck that the fans of Utah are in right now. I mean, it's just nothing they ever saw the entire year. I did never anyone ever thought that could possibly happen, and what it did. So I think once you go into athletics as a player, and then like you did, get into coaching, it's just set up. The way it is, your heart is going to be broken. You're also oh. going to experience all sorts of highs. So you've been there. Uh, as a coach, how long does this stick with you? A while. A while. And I think, I think the best thing early on is just going to, as a coach, just connect to the guy some way. Maybe it's an email or a text or whatever. And uh, give everybody some time to breathe and, and get, get, get through this kind of a remorse that they're going through but ultimately uh in a few weeks i am sure this group will be contacted and coaching staff will get back together they'll get through this i mean it, it is hard and it's tough and it'll it'll go away but i think you know you got to be really positive and you got to you know you got to look at the things that obviously that organization is going to look at changes where can we make some changes but maybe those things don't happen or do we have the group we want i know conley He's on a different contract, so he, he may not be there. Uh, who knows those circumstances? But sometimes it's good to let people just kind of get through it themselves 
and then come back, get the guys together. And I'm not saying that they're going to get together and practice or anything because that's not what's happening because there's so much to do. But just making sure that, that as a coach, you want to make sure the guys are all right. And let's, let's just remember what an amazing year we had. It didn't finish like they wanted. And they'll have a lot of time to assess uh, as a coaching staff what went wrong and what can we do, what could we have done better. I mean, you do all of those things. And, but it is going to be painful because they had such a really, really good year and uh, had just had all the pieces. But, you know, injuries can make a coward of us all, you know, in the sense that you, you just can't control them. It's not just, you know, the Jazz and the Clippers losing guys. I mean, everybody in the league is down a man, and you got to step up. And to be honest with you, the bench, you know, for the Jazz is not real strong. They, they, they certainly didn't play their game. I mean, Clarkson, uh, even Clarkson, though, he had one, you know, he really got hot. I mean, he was he had a great year. Uh, it, it, it wasn't enough just with those six guys. And so that's the bench is something that I think they're going to need to take a really strong look at and get not that they, you know, they're just going to have to reconfigure things, but the bench hurt them. I mean, they, they just weren't able to, and, and you know, angles didn't shoot it real well in that last game. Um, they're just so used to watching them play where it's a well-oiled machine and they're sharing the ball and knocking threes down. Uh, Credit has to be given to the Lakers. You know, uh, Ty Lue comes under a lot of criticism at times, and you know they won that championship with with LeBron. But uh, man, I'll tell you what, he made all the right moves and 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 going small, and you know getting guys in a position where they could had they it made the Jazz play differently. And now the idea that they just went off and man goes for thirty nine, and then against Phoenix, I think he had six. <laughs> that stuff happens, and uh, you get momentum, especially when teams are playing at home. And, and Paul probably played the best four games he's played as an NBA player in a, in a moment that really mattered. So all of those things led to a good upset and a you know losing a twenty five point lead. That those are things hard to digest. So there's a couple things that are hard for Jazz fans to digest. Giving up eighty one points and a half can never, ever, ever be a good thing. Uh, nope. But it was a trend that was kind of, they were building that moment. The Clippers averaged 125 points a game in their four wins, games three through six. So for people who say, well, the Jazz need to be healthier, well, okay, obviously. The guard line needs to be a little bigger. Can they add an extra guy there? Can they add one more forward who is a really good defender? Not these guys play all the time because there aren't enough minutes for everyone, but the Clippers seem to be ham and egg in it with different guys. Zubak's role gets bigger or smaller. Um, Cousins' role seems to completely disappear at times. They've got three guards for two spots, so one of those guys often sits. Man, Batum is third in minutes played, and he's on a one-year minimum deal because his contract got bought out in Charlotte. And Reggie Jackson got bought out midseason in Detroit. And those two acquisitions made them a lot deeper. So is that something the Jazz have to look at Role guys who have the right mindset and sit at times or don't play as many minutes, but can come up big when they have to. Yeah, I, I think you're right on there. And 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 Batum and Jackson did, and, and they just played so well. Batum, you know, putting him, putting started going small and starting him uh, caused problems for the Jazz. You know, I mean, all of a sudden you're taking Rudy away from the rim, and 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 Jackson just played like, you know, he had been an All Star the, the whole time. I mean, he just he, no fear made big baskets and uh so you know just 
and the thing about it, it's just so much easier for, for the Lakers, excuse me, for the Clippers to to defend. You know, I mean, you're all six seven, six eight. You, you can switch everything. You can do a lot of things you can't do uh, that if, if you're not playing that way. And, and Zubar, you know, he got minutes, but his, his minutes really re, re, went down when Batum um, ended up making shots. I mean, he, he he was the difference. Honestly, he could stretch. He's four for six for three in that last game, uh, and just spread, made him spread the floor and open lanes up that weren't there before when they played the Jazz. So I think the Jazz do need to look at their bench. I, I, there's no question about it. I don't know I don't know a lot about their contracts. You, you guys know a lot more about that than I do. But I think the things you just shared are, are spot on. And, uh, and you know, and, and I think that Conley will be uh, a situation that only he and his family are going to know. I'm sure the Jazz would like to have him come back. But they do need a couple of pieces. And they, they need some athleticism. And, you know, and it's not like I mean, you take McDonavich and Ingle, and then you got injured guys, and, and Clarkson doesn't have great size. He's not a great defender. They're going to need to shore up a little bit. I mean, this has always been a team that shares the ball, moves the ball, can really knock it down. But when it came down to getting stops, they couldn't do that. And, and mind you, you got injuries, which is a part of it. But it is, it's also a toughness there that uh, needs to be improved. And you only can do that probably by bringing a couple of six, seven, six, eight guys that can defend and, you know, three and D guys that can guard and, 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 and spread the floor like they like to do anyway. So I, I would think that we're going to see a couple of those changes for sure. So it's easy to sit here and second guess, uh, but they were just doing the same thing over and again, over and over again. And Terrence Mann and these guys hitting shot after shot. Is there any adjustments that they could have made in the moment? You know, I mean, you, you could have. Yeah, you can go small. I mean, it was, you know, you take when you go small, you know, you take away a rim protector. But the system that the Clippers were running was already taking him away from the rim. So maybe, maybe you know, you might have experimented with going small and and playing them the same way. Um, I think that I think to be honest with you, just watching Donovan Mitchell play, you, you can all see that he was his effort was amazing, and but. He just, he didn't, he's just slow a step. I mean, it just was very difficult. Conley, the same thing. And, uh, and so, you know, you've got Mitchell, who's probably your most athletic guy on that team, but defensively, they, they couldn't get stops. And, uh, and once the Lakers started making perimeter shots and took Gobert away from the basket, there wasn't a lot they could do but try to go small, maybe. And, uh, but I, and again, the bench, the bench just wasn't real productive the last three or four games. So, I, you know, there wasn't personnel there. I don't know. I'm not sure there was personnel there that was ready and active to play that could have made a difference. But I would say, you know, the adjustment of maybe going small, taking Gobert out for a bit, he, he wasn't real effective anyway with the way they were playing them. And, uh, you know, it may, maybe they could have stopped that run. I mean, the fact that they're up 25 early in the third quarter, uh, it just wasn't the character of, of the Jazz to give that up. But once it got going, and when you're on the road, anything can happen. But that was the last thing I thought could ever happen. And uh, But it did. It did because a guy like Terrence Mann, who nobody's ever heard of, goes for 39. I mean, he doesn't go off, you know, the Clippers lose by 15, and, and they're going back to Utah, and Utah's playing the Suns instead of the Clippers. Right? I mean, you can't downplay the fact that the Clippers played with great energy, great enthusiasm, I mean, they there was toughness there. 
And once they got it going and got back into that game, you you could see that they weren't going to be stopped. Steve Cleveland, basketball insider, joining us. So now it's the Hawks and the Bucks, and it's the Clippers and the Suns, and nobody's got any championship uh, pedigree here with Kawhi Leonard hurt and out. He's the guy you'd think, okay, well, that's kind of an X factor, but it doesn't look like he's playing. So who you got? I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, if hopefully Chris Paul has a chance to come back, but I, I personally think the Suns are the best team out of four. They had too many, they've got so many shooters. They've got enough rim protection. They play hard. They've got a lot of confidence. And it's not to say the Clippers couldn't beat them. They, they could, but they're going to have to play really well. But, I, I mean, the Bucks, they, it's hard for me to watch them and see what's going on and, and at times. And they, they certainly have size and girth and those kinds of things. But, uh, and I, and I guess probably you think, but the matchup-wise, I, I would think that the Bucks would beat the Hawks. But then again, the Hawks are a lot like the Suns. I mean, would that be crazy, Hawks and Suns in the NBA Finals? But they are the two teams that really have their, their well-oiled offensive machines. I mean, they can shoot it. They, they've got a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things. They've got, you know, they, they've got enough size to protect the rim. They're young. Uh, and I think that's a big thing too. They're, they're, uh, you know, other than Chris Paul having to deal with COVID right now, I don't see a lot of injuries. Uh, I, I would love to see that final, Atlanta and the Suns. I mean, that that would be kind of cool to watch. You know, that's something no one ever expected. Uh, I think the Clippers are going to have a say in this thing, though. I don't know that Kawhi's coming back, but the Clippers can beat the Suns. But the, the Suns just have. I mean, they're like. Obviously, the Suns and, and uh, the Jazz were, you know, two of the best offensive teams in the NBA. But uh, you, you've got, you, you've just got a group of young guys there with the Suns that, uh, and, and, and a young superstar coming that, I, and I didn't realize how well he would play at the point. And so I, 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 I like the Suns. I mean, everything I've seen about them, they, they have a lot of swagger. They got a lot of confidence. Um, I don't, I don't know that they're a team like the Jazz who are going to lose four in a row. I mean, they're going to they're going to be tough to beat at home. They didn't play great against the Lakers on the road uh, one night. You know, we'll see how they are with the Clippers. But uh, it, that team seems to have the most swag, the most confidence. And because Atlanta, a lot of Atlanta's success was due to you know guys can't make you know, you've got you've got guys that are missing free throws and making mistakes. I mean, the 76ers helped Atlanta a great deal. I mean, they just made mistakes. They turned it over. They missed layups, couldn't make free throws. And that's a bad recipe to try to win a, uh, you know, a conference final so, or a semifinal. So I, I like the Suns. I, 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 if, if I was going to bet a dollar, I'd, I'd say that they have the greatest upside. But that being said, if they don't, if the Clippers, if the Clippers end up beating the Suns in this thing and going to the finals – I think they win the whole thing. So as a jazz, as a jazz go forward, you know the goal obviously is to get better, as it is for every team, and really college, high school, you name it. And so they're going to have to find ways to basically, at a pro level, like you did often at the college level, is recruit guys to Utah. And Utah has certain perceptions. We know what they are, but I'm wondering. 
you know, you had to overcome it. You not only had to recruit guys to Utah, you had to recruit them to BYU. So that's like a double whammy in a sense in terms of non-church members uh, to get them to commit. And as the Jazz go forward in their new ownership, how much success do you think they can have developing the relationships and how important are relationships in terms of getting guys to make that commitment to come here? Well, you're right about relationships. And if any any organization seems to check all the boxes in terms of, you know, a coaching staff that works with the guys. And I, I watch, when I do watch NBA, I watch coaches. I watch how they interact. And, uh, and, and, and then the college game and the NBA are two different uh, beasts. I mean, it, it, it's you, the relationships are a huge part in any organization. But I think in the NBA where you got guys making millions of dollars and there's so many people in their camp you know you, you've got to know how to make them click and make them work I, I like the new ownership I think that Dwayne Wade is uh, is a great ambassador he, he has come in and just seamlessly stepped in I don't know what his role is going to be but here's a guy that's done it at every level and uh, he'll be able to speak to uh, a young man whether he be African American white or from Europe or wherever it might be uh, he's going to be able to speak, and he, he, the people are going to listen. It's not that we wouldn't listen to, the, you know, to the coaching staff and the coaches, but having Dwayne Wade there, and 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 Ryan Smith, a young man that has thought outside the box and just has done amazing things with his life and building his his companies, uh, I, I think that young energy will be a real benefit between uh, to, to helping get de- different players answering questions about what it is. I mean, obviously, they have loyal fan base. Uh, and you're right, Salt Lake City's not going to be for everyone. But at the end of the day, uh, I, I think the Dwayne Wade uh, being there, I, I think, answers a lot of those questions. He, he's respected throughout the world. And, uh, and, and I think Ryan Smith is a guy that his whole life is a really, really smart guy that has thought outside of the box. And, and he, too, himself is passionate about this game. And I think people like to be around people who are passionate about the game. So I, I think there's some people in place that are going to be that are going to help. You, I think you're absolutely right. There are going to be some guys that just don't want to live there, that don't want to be there, for whatever the reasons are. And so, but I do believe that Dwayne Wade and Ryan Smith are two big pieces. That besides the fact that you got a one of the greatest coaches uh, in the league today and, and a staff that is is outstanding so i mean they've got the pieces there i don't know a lot about their organization inside so it's not it doesn't do me any good to make a comment about it because i don't know but when i look at that coaching staff and then i look at new ownership and i look at Dwayne wade uh i think there's some really really strong personalities and, and energetic people who are, are going to be able to sell the fact that hey you want to be a part of this jazz program where we're so close and uh we want to get over the hump we need you I can tell you Dwayne Wade isn't into being the celebrity owner uh, at 35,000 feet. He's, uh, he's digging way, in, way more into the uh, business side of the uh, basketball operation. He, he wants to know. Um, yep. And so I think he's surprised people inside the organization. Maybe not Ryan, because Ryan you know, golfed with him and knew him. But, I mean, the people who work in the organization are like, wow, this guy's in here asking good questions and wants to know what's going on. Um, so I think that bodes well. It, it shows buy-in on his part. I'm curious how much you think 
Donovan Mitchell can recruit. I mean, we're sitting here, and so maybe we're overselling it because he's the local hero and all that. But watching the post-game stuff, and, and PK's right, it is old guys talking to young guys, so that's part of it. But it seems like there's a charisma and people are going to want to play with him. Not everybody. Jazz fans will probably want some guys and get the door slammed in their face, and it'll hurt because some people just aren't coming here. But it does seem like he's got the charisma, and some people will want to come here and play with him. No, I, I completely agree. I completely agree with that. And, and I, I, you know, you watch as they play in the respect that people have for him. And, you know, in wins and losses over the course of the year, there's so much respect for Donovan, and he is the face of the Jazz, and he is the guy. And uh, I, I believe that he, he'll, he'll be out recruiting. I mean, and I don't know who's going to all be out there, but he's the guy that is the face of that organization. And uh, he's got such great energy. He's got so much charisma. He's passionate. He speaks his mind when he maybe shouldn't, but that's what people love about him. He's not going to hide behind anything. He'll be. He, he's very accountable to himself and to the player, hard on himself. Those are the kinds of things you like. And uh, so, yeah, I think I think Donovan, Dwayne, Brian, you, you, you know, the a coaching staff, uh, you, you, they're going to have to recruit. I know. You know, I remember being at BYU, and obviously, uh, BYU had always been a really, really good program, and they had a little hiccup and. Things went down, and Utah was so good, and it all came down to trust. It came down to relationships. And I remember going into homes and people and knowing that Utah was recruiting them and, and, and just getting them to believe that, listen, we can turn this thing. And, and so relationships, and for us as a staff, when we went into homes, um, I always loved it when we went into homes and, and, and people there got wearing Utah hats or it's, they're, they're, they're wearing another university task. We go, we get no respect here. But at the end of the day, the reason we got it turned was because we developed relationships. We made, let them know that we were going to put them in positions to be better. We're committed to that. And that was, that was our consistent message. And, and over time, it turned. And so the Jazz are way farther ahead than the BYU was in 1997. But I, I think the trust issue and the relationships issues – are huge for people coming in, especially younger players. Maybe it's their second contract. Now they're looking a place where they can fit in. And, and listen, the the Jazz have really good players, but they they need to continue to get better. And and you, because you know you you take a look at Bogdanovich and Ingles, who had great you know they had great years, but defensively, the, you're, you're always I mean, and Bogdanovich is a tough dude, but you you need quickness and athleticism defensively. And, and I'm not sure that they have that in the, in the system right now. So I'm not saying we're going to get rid of Bogdanovich or Ingles, but we need to add, too. We need more athleticism. We need more people that can certainly continue to shoot the three like they do, but that they can guard. And uh, that's what I would be looking for. And, uh, you know, Gobert's not going anywhere. He had a great year. They're going to have to – They you know, maybe they need another – maybe they need a more athletic 6'8", 6'9", forward who – score around the basket but can get out and guard outside so that they can go small but not lose athleticism not lose that girth that they need so that may be something that they're looking for as well because that that is that doesn't exist right now in in their in their program they need a six eight six nine athletic guy that can go inside out but can guard doesn't have to be a great three-point shooter but at least you got to keep guys honest 
and uh, and you can switch everything with that kind of group. So that that's probably the the, the one thing that I see from the outside looking in. And, and and again, I don't know the young guys they have in their program or that are developing, but if they don't have that, that's what I'd be looking for. Steve, as always, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again in a week. Yeah, we'll see you. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. Everything you missed in this show, next. We'll wrap it up for you. Stay with us.